Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, the most listened to internet radio show in the nonprofit sector, dedicated to helping your charity succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to modern day fundraising success, and practical advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect landing point to learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books range from successful online fundraising to the use of social media and how to make your nonprofit green. Guests on the Nonprofit Coach are leaders in their field who share tips and trade secrets for nonprofit management and fundraising success. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you and your organization move to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. This is a live call-in show. Add your voice by calling 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Click on radio. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart. And welcome here to the latest edition of The Nonprofit Coach. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Today is December 2nd, 2014. Just as Black Friday and Cyber Monday kick off the holiday shopping season, Giving Tuesday is the opening day of the giving season. Uh, As you begin thinking of giving, it's important to understand rules of the road, to give wisely, and to make sure that your gift goes in the right direction. And that's why we're dedicating today's Giving Tuesday edition of the Nonprofit Coach to Giving Wisely. We're going to start off with our page one uh, news, and we will have Gabe Cohen with us from GuideStar with tips on how to give wisely. Um, I will share with you some tips on how to give internationally uh, from CAF America to give uh, wisely around the world. Uh, And then our page two expert, Ken Berger, is here with us from Charity Navigator, uh, who will give his tips on how to give wisely as well. So give wisely, give on Giving Tuesday, and we're going to start with page one news. Just as the announcer mentioned, this is a a live call-in show, so feel free to call at 347-324-3080. You can also ask questions over in the chat room. I see some folks over in the chat room. Feel free to ask questions there. Uh, And also you can email me at tedhart at tedhart.com. First up here on page one news is CAF America, cafamerica.org. This is the organization I am honored to serve as CEO and is a leading expert in the United States for giving internationally. As a U.S. citizen, corporation, or foundation, you can make gifts internationally, and as a corporation and an individual or family, you can receive a tax deduction. However, you need to follow IRS regulations to make that possible. This is what CAF America has been doing for 22 years. Uh, We are pleased 
to be named at, by the Chronicle of Philanthropy and the Philanthropy 400 as the 278th largest charity in the United States. Uh, as such, we are approaching $100 million of donations uh, from uh, donors uh, receiving tax deductions and making wise, impactful gifts to charities around the world. Uh, you can find us at CAFAmerica.org. That's C-A-F as in Frank, America.org. Uh, next up here on page one news is Gabe Cohen. As promised, Gabe Cohen is here from GuideStar. Uh, welcome back here to the Nonprofit Coach, Gabe Cohen. Hey, Ted. How are you? Happy Giving Tuesday to you. Hey, Happy Giving Tuesday. Great to have you here on the show. Of course, one of the uh, leading experts of giving wisely uh, in the United States is GuideStar. Just remind our listeners in the Nonprofit Coach, uh, six pillars of success for online giving. Uh, number two is GuideStar, completing your GuideStar profile. And you're going to walk us through that process, why that's important. So bring us up to date with the GuideStar Minute. Yeah, absolutely, and appreciate, we appreciate the kudos, Ted. Um, the, one of the things that I want to focus on to your audience today is making sure that they take the time to fill out their GuideStar profile. Uh, it, it's this information that really is that we spread out to the world that that helps get the word out about what these these charities are doing to make the world a better place. So we want to make sure that, that your audience and the nonprofits out there are taking the time to, to go on to it's, uh, the website is guidestar.org backslash exchange. They can claim their profile there, update the information. And um, when they share their information with us, they, they get to, to use the – when they share enough information, they get to use the participation logos on their website and in any material that they choose to to, to share with the world that they're, they're joining us and uh, being transparent. Um, and, and that's one of the things that we really recommend that donors look for are those participation badges. And it's that information that actually populates the Amazon Smile system. And, and I know Lindsay talked about this in my, in my place last week, but just in case your audience members aren't up to speed on what that is, it, it's Amazon's program where um, any person can go on and, and select a charity that has their information on Amazon Smile and a, por a portion of every purchase that they make is then donated by Amazon to that charity. And like I said, it's the, it's the Amazon, uh, I'm sorry, it's the GuideStar profile information that, is, that populates that Amazon Smile program. So we really do want to encourage that this Giving Tuesday, uh, nonprofits take the time to go to GuideStar.org backslash exchange to update their profile so that the information is as accurate and up-to-date as possible. Yeah, I don't think we can cover that information too often because uh, like a lot of uh, uh, things that we talk about here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach where some of our listeners may be experts in this area, others may not, and it's also a very intensely uh, complicated and uh, difficult time of the year for most nonprofits. So I think just reminding nonprofits of how important it is to Keep your information up to date to go to GuideStar.org if you've never done it before. Walk them through exactly where they would go on your website at GuideStar.org to start the process because if you haven't done it already, getting it in place be, uh, right here on Giving Tuesday, uh, we talked about last, uh, last week having Giving Tuesday be uh, sort of the mark on your calendar to have your profile up to date, but you certainly want to have it done before the holidays uh, are upon us. 
Yeah, exactly. To take advantage of the rest of the kind of 2014 giving season, if you will. And, and what nonprofits would do if they haven't claimed their account is actually to just go to guidestar.org backslash exchange. And then the number two bullet right there is claim and update your nonprofits report. And it's a pretty easy process. Um, and they can it, it, walk through it that way. Um, and once they claim their report, they can go in and update all their information and make it as, as timely as possible, which is really nice because, as you may know and as our audience may know, most of our information is originally populated from 990s from the IRS, but we want to give nonprofits the chance to, to get their information directly out there to the public, uh, much more timely if they just go in there and do it themselves. And you know, about seven, over 7 million people every year are looking at that information on our website. So it's, a lot, it's in a lot of people's uh, uh, eyes that go in there and look at that, that information. So we do want to make sure that people are taking advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it's undeniable how important GuideStar is to nonprofits. That's why we list it as uh, the number two most important thing that GuideStar is. Uh, uh, that uh, charities can do to be successful online right behind their own very smartly designed website and mobile service. So GuideStar is extremely important. Um, and that's because of the traffic and the number of sites that you power that it really is a smart one-stop shop to update information on GuideStar and have that information shared across several different platforms. And today, uh, last couple of shows, we, we've uh, been talking about the importance of having that information because it powers uh, GuideStar Smile. But let's not lose sight of uh, the importance of websites like uh, Fidelity's Charitable Gift Fund. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. It, 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 our information, you know, we have over 150 partners in, in some uh, capacity, and, and we're we're getting that information out as as loudly as we can. So we do want to make sure that we're we're getting the best and most up to date information out there on each and each and every nonprofit. Well, continue doing the the important work that you do, and we appreciate you bringing important updates about your service and reminders. Uh, to the listeners of the Nonprofit Coach. We really appreciate uh, all of the updates that you've provided uh, throughout this year uh, as we're winding down on our live series uh, for 2014. Uh, Gabe, we look forward to having you and GuideStar back in the new year. Thanks, Ted. Looking forward to joining you next year, and uh, good luck to all the nonprofits out there on Giving Tuesday this year. You got it. Happy holidays and happy Giving Tuesday to everyone over at GuideStar. That's Gabe Cohen from GuideStar providing us with uh, the GuideStar Minute. Because we have uh, so much to cover uh, with Charity Navigator and giving wisely and learning all about the uh, process and changes and, and service uh, at, uh, at Charity Navigator, uh, we're heading right on over to page two. Ken Berger is President and Chief Executive Officer of Charity Navigator. Uh, he joins us uh, again today as one of uh, the most popular shows each year on the Nonprofit Coach is learning what is uh, Charity Navigator, how can uh, donors and charities who are listed on Charity Navigator successfully use that service. In 2008, Ken Berger joined Charity Navigator after almost 30 years' experience working in the charitable nonprofit sector. 
He has held leadership positions in a variety of human service and healthcare agencies, both large and small. He has a very important view of the world, uh, and got, and uh, Charity Navigator, of course, provides important information to a subset of charities uh, in the United States. Welcome back here, Ken Berger, uh, to uh, the Nonprofit Coach. Thanks for having me. Ken, it's always important for charities to understand what uh, Charity Navigator is and what Charity Navigator is not. Um, So why don't we start off with sort of that. What is Charity Navigator? What is the idea behind Charity Navigator? And and what is that subset universe uh, that you folks actually uh, uh, relate to in the charitable sector? Wow. Well, that's a lot there. Um, Well, you know, we are uh, a website. We've been around for 12 years, and our mission is to be a guide to intelligent giving. So our primary audience are donors to charity. Um, But we also uh, see ourselves as uh, increasingly as also being there to try to educate, uh, advocate, and empower uh, nonprofits to become more high-performing organizations, and to try to also uh, foster that, and um, you know, be a catalyst for that in whatever way we can. Um, but the website, uh, you know, the core of the website is rating charities from zero to four stars on a number of measures, and those measures have been evolving over time. And I'd love to tell you about that. Um, and then there's all kinds of other tools and tips on the website for. Uh, for charitable givers, uh, social investors, and also I think for um, nonprofits in terms of what we've learned as what are the best practices out there and how um, nonprofits can improve and become as high-performing as they can. Uh, when you talk about the subset of um, of nonprofits that we um, that we we look at, um, in a nutshell, um, it, they need to be 501c3. Uh, organizations, so what the IRS refers to as public charities, uh, not private foundations, not any other kind of 501c. And in addition to that, we look for organizations that are over a million dollars in annual revenue. And uh, a third key uh, slice that I think uh, is important that people may not realize is we're also looking for organizations where a significant amount in other words, at least 40% of their funding is coming from private contributions. And so those, you know, those things are what creates that subset. Um, however, even within that subset, we're finding that uh, the, the percent of, uh, of private donations that are routed through those organizations that we evaluate are significant. In fact, currently it's more than half of all private contributions are made to the 8,000 out of 1 million public charities in this country. There's, you know, there's 1 million public charities. Uh, of those 8,000 that we currently rate get um, over half, uh, roughly 55% of all private contributions made in the United States each year, you know, not including houses of worship. So we we take that 100 billion and put it aside. So out of the 200 billion, uh, roughly 110 billion is donated to those 8,000 organizations that we currently rate. And and of that, I, I found it fascinating the last time you and I spoke. 
Uh, right now, you're you're roughly at eight thousand. I know that you're you're looking to expand. I think to ten thousand. But give um, the the audience a sense of of how much, in terms of donated dollars, that actually adds up to of the entire pie. Because I I think one of the fascinating things last time we were is how concentrated uh, giving is in the United States. Even though there's a million plus charities. Uh, in the United yeah. States, it's a very large yeah. uh, population of charities. Most of them are extremely small. Uh, most of them yeah. are not rated by Charity Navigator. But there, there's a reason for that in, in that yeah. how concentrated is giving in the United States? It's amazingly concentrated, as is the the, the scale and uh, scope of, of the nonprofit sector. And I refer people to some of the work from the Urban Institute their nonprofit almanac can be quite instructive in this, uh, and it was an eye-opener for me. I didn't know this in 30 years of working in the sector, that uh, I, I sometimes call it the Occupy Charity problem. Uh, you, know, the, the, you know, just a quick sidebar, the, the, the Occupy Wall Street movement, the people there were upset and are upset, regardless of your political point of view, but the notion is that 43% of the nation's wealth is in the hands of 1% of Americans, and they're upset about that. And so I, as a thought experiment, imagine if it was double that. Imagine if 86% of the nation's wealth was in the hands of 1% of the population. I think a lot more people would be upset. Well, that's, this, that's the scenario in the nonprofit sector when it comes to 501c3s. 1% of the nonprofits in this country get about 86% of the uh, private you know of the of the money that goes into the sector each year the overall money that goes into the sector now obviously that includes hospitals and universities and so forth but there still is a is a, that trend even if you go by other cause areas you still still see a significant concentration in a very small number of organizations so on the other end of the tail the long tail of the nonprofit sector almost half of all nonprofits in the United States are 50,000 or less so they're minuscule. The only thing they have to do in terms of reporting is once every three years send a postcard or an email to the IRS to say, hey, we're still here. Um, and that's it. And, so and, and we're still not raising a, much money. <laughs> so there's sort of yeah, two yeah. sides to that. It, yeah. uh, we're still not yeah. raising much money, and we're, and we're still here. But I think for, yeah. for our viewers, this is uh, important information for, for them to understand and for their boards of directors to understand that the pie – that they're fundraising from uh, is going to a relatively very small, as you said, 1% of the charities in the country um, are, are actually raising, receiving, uh, what was the number, 86% you said? Yes, yes, yes. 86% yeah, of well, the funds. So, so the rest yeah. of the uh, rest of the fundraisers out there, the rest of the the boards of directors, the charities out there that are seeking to raise funds that are not in that top one percent, um, are giving up fourteen percent of the money that's being given. Exactly right. Exactly right. It's it's pretty stunning reality, and I think it also translates. And this is something where I think you actually play a very important role because. I think a, a lot of the discussions that happen in the Chronicle of Philanthropy and in other sort of thought leader kind of journals and things, it implicitly is often very much the thinking of what I would describe as the 1%. There's, a, there's big organization thinking, and a lot of the ideas, a lot of the directions 
are framed in that way, almost assuming that everybody understands and is going to take it from that perspective. Whereas I think everything I know about you and your show and what you try to do is to try to bring things down to a level where organizations of uh, smaller size as well can find value from that. And it's a, it's, it's, I think it's a fundamental challenge that we face in, in the nonprofit sector. I, I really I could not agree more, and I think that it, it simply is not um, a reality that is discussed openly or, I fear, not really understood within the nonprofit sector because conference after conference, webinar, seminar, uh, charities and fundraisers are out there looking for new and unique ways to raise money, to reach out to donors, and in fact, the top 1% of charities um, are already locking down about 86% of the money uh, that is available and donated uh, in this country. So if you're not with those charities, that steep climb that you feel every year, particularly here at year-end, in meeting budget, growing organization, providing service to the neediest um, in, this, uh, in this country, um, it looks even steeper when you realize that you are part of a vast pool of 99% of the charities in this country who are scratching, fighting, trying to get part of only 14% of the donations. And I would add to that, just to, uh, to underscore, when we look at foundations, out of the, let's say, 82,000-some-odd foundations uh, that uh, give out money to U.S. registered nonprofits, about 50 of them uh, have have about half the money and give out uh, over half the money. So again, uh, it's it's the 1% of foundations that are often, you know, are uh, and who is most likely to successfully solicit and raise funds from from them. It is again those larger organizations and you know, now, it's let, not that they're not talk, doing good work. It's not yeah, doing good work. It's just why it's a challenge. That is the case. I want to break that down. Why why do you think that that is the case? Of course, you know, empirically we we may not be able to nail that down, but you see this market for what it is, not what people would like it to be. You yeah. see it for, for the yeah. reality that it is. Um, and with yeah. that concentration in giving, is that because there is a need for more skilled professionals to help advise uh, uh, charities in how to succeed, or is the story that that top 1% of charities got there first, have the professional talent, and know how to solicit, and so therefore they are just that much better at getting that money. Yeah, I mean, I think there are a variety of factors that come into play, but, you know, one of the things that's just sort of uh, striking uh, for me is that uh, because of the challenge that I, a fundamental challenge that I think we have of having adequate amount of meaningful information available to donors and available to uh, you know and and the capacity of most nonprofits to be able to provide that because of their limited resources. Um, the default often is whoever has the best fundraising, marketing, uh, you know, scope and breadth and capacity. Is going to is going to win the race, and of course that's fundraising is extremely important, but capacity to do it, uh, you know, and brand and brand awareness uh, may trump 
what is the most effective organization or the one that has the most creative potential just because of the of the nature of the concentration and the capacity to get your name out there um so it's it's a it's a real dilemma and i think you know we see that in practice all the research shows that the number of nonprofits that are able to scale up each year to you know a significant level is is minuscule so you know your capa- you know our our challenge in the nonprofit sector of getting money for scaling money for you know uh for growth and and development is is extremely limited and so it's it, the you know the, the the game is pretty much uh, fixed for most it's a real a real real dilemma structural dilemma that we have and i think you know efforts like social businesses and uh you know these creative new ideas are one of the ways that people are trying to figure out a way to overcome this scaling challenge that we're facing so back to giving tuesday and what this day represents and the hope for giving tuesday what's the story here is it the the celebration of the top 1% being successful year over year or is it um, looking to some signs of democratization of philanthropy. Well, I, you know, I was there with uh, the guys who had the, the beers over Thanksgiving dinner that came up with the idea, uh, and you know, they presented the idea to myself and a group of us. And I can just tell you, the spirit of their idea uh, was essentially, you know, to you know, to give back for for the public, you know, after Black Friday and Cyber Monday to really think about giving. I don't think that uh, this notion of, the, you know, that this this challenge that we've discussed was, you know, front and center. I think it was a very incredibly noble and important idea. And there is an, uh, there is an opportunity here for organizations of every size to to take advantage and to educate and to um, spread the word and to get people, uh, you know, to to give. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Giving Tuesday in and of itself is not going to is not going to solve the problem we've described. And Giving Tuesday is therefore going to, to some degree, uh, you know, uh, you're going to see that reflected. You know, the people who are going to uh, give to brand name large uh, nonprofits will do so. But there is a hope, I think, that. You know, as as the uh, uh, you know that you know uh, all boats can be lifted in some sense as the as the charitable pie expands, and hopefully also that online um, is an opportunity for what you describe as democratization. It's one of the tools that uh, can make little organizations really be powerful. I, I I point to Charity Navigator. I sometimes think of us as the you know is the mouse that roared. We actually are a very small organization, but we now have a global reach and a global impact. So there is, there is, there are ways to get around this problem, uh, but uh, I, I think it's important to be sober about the uh, the, the, the challenges that w- and the obstacles. But Giving Tuesday is, I think, an important opportunity for people to and for for nonprofits to to find creative new ways to expand their reach, to get more people knowing about them, and to get people to give more. We are here live uh, on the Nonprofit Coach here on Giving Tuesday with uh, uh, Ken Berger, the president and CEO of Charity Navigator. Uh, Ken, we're going to uh, take a quick break uh, here, and uh, when we come back, I understand that Charity Navigator is working on expanding its rating methodology, um, and I want to talk more about that and make sure that our listeners understand if they are rated or not rated, what does it mean, how do you, how does 
Charity Navigator, look at the charities uh, that are rated, and we will be right back after this break. Every day, millions of people are online, many of whom want to help, volunteer, and donate to a good cause. Nonprofit organizations can use many Google tools to reach potential donors around the world and raise more money. And as an approved nonprofit, it doesn't cost a thing. It's all free. Google Grants helps you promote your website with free advertising on Google.com through the AdWords program. With Google AdWords, you create ads and choose words or phrases related to your nonprofit organization. When people search on Google using one of your phrases, your ad will appear next to the Google search results under the Sponsored Links section. AdWords allows you to target certain geographic areas, dates, and times of day for your ads to appear. YouTube for Nonprofits is another tool that can boost donations to your organization. The program offers a number of perks that get your message out there and drive viewers to take action and donate. You can list your organization on YouTube's nonprofit channel and add call-to-action overlays on your videos to drive viewers to donate. Need help analyzing your website traffic and marketing effectiveness? Google Analytics is a free tool that will give you rich insight and help you increase the number of people that visit and donate to your site. Google Analytics can be invaluable to many people in your organization, such as development directors, marketing staff, and your web team. There are many other tools that can help you reach more donors and raise funds, like Google Checkout, where you can process credit card donations with no transaction fee, Google Sites to create a free website, and Website Optimizer, where you can figure out the best landing pages to turn site visitors into donors. To get started, apply for Google for Nonprofits today. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. And we are live back here on the Nonprofit Coach. Just a programming uh, note uh, next week, uh, just as uh, Ken Berger is always a top uh, listener uh, favorite here on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, no one is higher rated here on the Nonprofit Coach than the annual appearance of Kay Sprinkle Grace. Uh, and uh, that is next week. Kay Sprinkle Grace is always our last guest of the year. Uh, and Tuesday, December 9th, is our last live show of 2014. Uh, we will then be on holiday hiatus until we come back after the holidays. So do not miss our show next week here live on the Nonprofit Coach, 12 noon Eastern, at 9 a.m. Pacific. Kay Sprinkle Grace here on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, back here with uh, Ken Berger. So, uh, Ken, this, uh, this issue of expanding the, the reach, I guess, if you will, of, uh, of uh, uh, Charity Navigator, expanding your rating methodology from two to three dimensions by adding metrics around reporting results. Um, what is that all about and how is it going? Well, it all started when I got here six and a half years ago and uh, having done direct service for 30 years prior to that and not 
being entirely knowledgeable on rating systems and, and so forth and going to my first conference at the independent sector and being told, uh, you need to expand your rating system. It's not looking at what's most important. What's most important are the outcomes, the impact, the results of the work of nonprofits, and you're just looking at one slice, uh, the financial and, uh, you know, and, and when it comes to overhead, I think you've heard those before. I won't belabor it. And so we went about a process over the over the years to to address that concern that was expressed uh, and to uh, consult with experts to find uh, what we what would be the most meaningful um, um, rating system. And so that's what led us to to migrate from a one-dimensional focus on finance to a three-dimensional focus, which is where we are in the process of going currently. So the second dimension that was added, uh, we call it accountability and transparency on the website, but a more accurate term would be governance. Uh, and then the third area is, as you indicate, results reporting. And we think that those are the three pillars for making wise charitable giving decisions um, and for nonprofits to have those th three things uh, well managed and uh, well reported on, as well as, of course, capable leadership to 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 steer everything forward. Um, and and you know, I use the concept of a tricycle: uh, two small wheels in the back, and that's finance and governance. And the big wheel in the front is what we call results. And the capable leader sits on top of that tricycle. The notion of the three wheels, uh, the two small wheels in the back sometimes are forgotten. There are some experts that nowadays say it's all about results. That's all you should care about. But those of us who've, who run nonprofits know that without uh, good financial management, today's results can be tomorrow's bankruptcy. And without good governance, today's results can be tomorrow's uh, unethical scandal of an uh, out-of-control person in leadership that's not being adequately uh, um, supervised and, you know, good practices in place at governance level. So so that's what we've done, uh, with, that we've been moving toward. We started with seven metrics when we began on finance back in the day. Today we're up to 39 metrics, so there are seven on finance, there are 17 on governance, and then the balance, which uh, my handy-dandy math uh, today, I think it's 15, is um, is on results reporting. And results reporting is not uh, yet rated by us, but we've been gathering the data. So currently our ratings are based on governance and finance, but uh, we've been gathering this data for two years now, and I can share some of what we've learned so far. But uh, uh, our goal is to rate uh, the nonprofits on this by 2016, and actually by the end of next year, we should have this information gathered on fully 9,000 uh, charities, which is how many we will be rating by the end of next year is 9,000, so that by 2016 we can actually flip the switch and start rating on this. As we gather the data, we're posting it on the website so users can see the raw data of what uh, char charities are indicating they do or do not currently have, but it's not reflected in the ratings at this point. And there's a very important distinction between results reporting and what people may think uh, we are doing uh, we are not measuring results where we're comparing one nonprofit to another and saying, oh, look, this one is uh, doing uh, better at the results uh, because there's, there's a variety of reasons why. But one of the fundamental reasons is that there's just very limit, little information out in the public domain currently on results. Most organizations aren't reporting on it for a variety of reasons. 
And, and also, there's no agreed-upon standards for it. So the, the benchmark we're using to ask for this reporting and to judge it is to say to a nonprofit, you tell us what you consider to be the right way to measure yourselves and how you go about doing it. And our standard is going to be, well, first of all, we're agnostic. Uh, so whether it's uh, surveys of your beneficiaries or return on investment and randomized control trials or anything in between, our standard is simply would this make common sense to a reasonable person? And you know, are you, so we're really looking for organizations that are having measurement thinking and are adaptive learning organizations. That's what we're looking for to promote. So you could actually have bad results, but if you're publicly reporting on them, thoughtful about it, and in and in the second year you adapt. If you're not doing so well, you could still do well within the context of the ratings we're planning to do. And finally, this last reference on the tricycle, we are thinking about hoping that when we add results reporting to our ratings, that that will be the most significant part of the rating. That will be you know, half of the rating, perhaps. We're not sure yet. We're going to have to run the data. It may vary by cause area. Arts organizations, we may not be able to rate them at all on this if there's no current reporting whatsoever on this. So there's a lot of moving parts to this. But we've learned a lot already, and um, we we are really excited about what we're doing, and we're getting more support from our users than ever before. Um, so they're clearly interested in in this and seeing the importance of it. Uh, speak to me about the the, the criticism of uh, in moving in this direction, which is certainly being impactful and measuring and and transparency is extremely important, but some see the sort of attempt at standardization of that process as sort of wringing uh, risk-taking out of the process uh, because uh, risking uh, will then lower your your score and then therefore um, donors will abandon you. Let me let me answer that just with a sidebar comment first, and this is in the old uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't world. When I came to Charity Navigator, many of the nonprofit leaders and thought leaders said, you know, unless you, you're not measuring what matters most, you're not considering what matters most, without results, you know, you could do more harm than good just focusing on finance and on overhead and so forth. We took that seriously. So now here we are, six, six some odd years later, and there is, there are plenty of people that are behind us, but there are some that are saying it's too complicated. You know, you're going to dumb things down. You, you know, you can't possibly measure this. A whole litany of these sort of things. And there is a certain amount of, hey, wait a second, you told us to do this, and now whoop. But, but there is. That's not to minimize the criticism, and that's not to say that we don't take it seriously. I think that. Uh, if you look specifically, I think a lot of this is um, misunderstanding. I think that if the if people look at our concept note, if they look at what we're planning to do here and the level at which we're trying to do it, where we're asking each organization to tell their own story, to tell us, to empower the organization themselves to describe it, and we're just looking for it to be reasonable and commonsensical, when you put it within that context, I think a lot of the concerns and worries can melt away. I think that the real problem, the real fundamental issue here is that we have a lack of funding for nonprofits to be able to do this stuff. 
a lot of you know I I, I do a friend of my, a colleague of mine did a a play at a conference recently where you know in the past you'd look at foundations and other big funders and they'd say show me an outcome I mean an output or an activity and they'd give you a set amount of money now those same funders are saying show me an outcome or a result they're not giving any additional money for infrastructure support they're not giving any additional training and so nonprofits are sort of being put into this bind and uh, that is. What I see as if, if I was to put my finger on the biggest problem and challenge, that's the problem. It's not the charity navigator is going to oversimplify uh, and reduce things because we want you to tell us. And if you want to do, if you think your measuring at this point needs to be rudimentary and it's just a survey of your uh, people that you serve periodically, just doing some measurement and having some measurement thinking is really what we're talking about here. So it's a lot less scary on one level. But because of the capacity problems that nonprofits face and the lack of willingness of funders to really fund the infrastructure to build performance management systems, I think that's really where the problem lies. Yeah, and I, and I think I, I agree, and there certainly are some big voices in the foundation world that are starting to focus on this notion of not enough support to grow and build the infrastructure of a strong, well-run uh, charity, um, and I, I think it has been, you know, many, many years, probably too many years, of sort of, you know, funding the new project, and so nonprofits are sort of from one new project to another new project, but without that sustainability factor uh, uh, really built in from the beginning. Right, and that, and you know, that that sort of, you know, uh, I, I assume you're, you're aware of the, you know, the we the overhead myth letter that uh, Jacob. Uh, from GuideStar and Art from BBB and I had put out a year and a half ago. Well, we're, and I we're said very my, supportive of that, and, and uh, we'll give a little bit of a uh, of a, a, a teaser for the new year because I know that our, uh, our producer, Diane Peach, is working on getting all of you together to draw attention Good. to that. So why don't you give a teaser to that because I think that is a very significant and very important statement uh, that that you, the three of you and I and I think it's significant that the three of you came together to do that. So give us a little bit of a teaser, and then we're going to have you back in the new year. Well, real fast, a year and a half ago, we came together roughly and put out this letter saying that overhead should not be the primary uh, metric that people consider when it comes to the uh, performance of nonprofits, and it should be about the results in particular and other a variety of other things. And we urge people to sign on to the letter. Many have, and they're sharing it with some of their big funders to some success, and we're thrilled with that. We just put out a second letter about a month ago, and this the first letter was to the donors of America. The second letter is to the nonprofits of America. And that letter is, listen, if we're going to tell our donors to not focus on overhead and focus on results, we now have a challenge because until we have more public reporting of meaningful information on results, our donors are going to be sitting on their hands. And so we have got to do whatever it takes to educate our funders and to get that infrastructure in place to begin to report on what matters most. And hopefully we won't have to do a 1,000 reports of meaningless information, but just one really important report on what matters most in meeting our mission. Well, I, it's, a, it's a statement that I think is way, way, way overdue. We've uh, talked about that on uh, the nonprofit coach for years, uh, this myth that somehow uh, an organization uh, can be well run with strong accounting and strong leadership, strong um, uh, infrastructure, um, and yet spend no money on administrative support. 
Right, but remember, it's a two-step. It's a two-step because for a donor, if we just say, you know, don't get so hung up on overhead, we have to give them something in its place. And we all, I think, most experts agree, the thing that needs to be the replacement, the most important, the big wheel, is results. But our dilemma right now is we're in this twilight state where most nonprofits don't have the capacity to do that. And so donors are sort of looking around for, well, what is the metric that we need to use? And most nonprofits are saying, we want to give it to you, but the funders aren't funding us for the infrastructure to provide it. And so we're in a very dangerous place, I think. We really have to do whatever it takes to make these new metrics uh, percolate and and get out there so that we can really take this to the next level. Exactly. So uh, a, a terrific uh, plug to uh, to the show that I know uh, uh, we're working on, and we will uh, announce the, the date. Uh, but to get the three of you together to talk about the uh, the significance of that is uh, is extremely uh, important. So let's let's bring this back to again features and utilization of Charity Navigator. Um, what what is the the Vote Now feature? So we are trying to empower our users to have an even greater voice in what we do next. And so we we now have every regist- U.S. registered nonprofit on our website. So if you search for a nonprofit and we don't rate it. There is a whole unrated section. So there's 1.5 million organizations on our website now, um, and they're 990s, and you can access that for free. Um, but the point, as far back as they go, but as, as far as uh, the Vote Now feature, so if you search for a charity and it's not rated by us, you'll go to this page, and if it's eligible, so we do some pre-screening, those that are under a million, those that are not 501c3s, etc., so it says, well, it appears that it's eligible, and if you'd like to vote for it, we will you know, keep a queue of votes and we'll prioritize which charities we rate next according to the number of user votes we have. And we've been doing that for a number of months now, and we've gotten quite a few votes, and it really has helped drive some of the uh, selections we've made of the next uh, charities to rate. Well, I, that's uh, that's uh, that's a uh, you know I, I think an important innovation uh, in terms of again going back to sort of the democratization of philanthropy and uh, providing opportunities for you know and, and and I want to make it very clear that in no way is the the nonprofit coach in the business of sort of bashing the top one percent of charities their work is important and the the concentration I I you know I don't think it's uh, there's anything sinister. I think it is a great to quality. Uh, I think it's it, it, there's a lot of factors to this, as we said. It's a it's a it's a flight to quality. It's a flight to comfort. Uh, and a lot of the larger charities uh, sort of professionalized their fundraising approach earlier um, than the the last decade or two, which is which is really where we've seen the professionalization of uh, philanthropic development. Uh, the expansion of programs like uh, CFRE, um, the the availability of programs like GuideStar, Charity Navigator, and others. So I think you know my, my hope is that you know while I I don't wish you know those charities to go without, I don't think there's any 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 concern that they will go without. But my hope is that we will see. Um, the 14% expanding, um, the the 99% getting a larger share, um, and that that being driven by well-informed philanthropists, um, both large and small, 
who are looking at innovation, who are looking at a variety uh, of different uh, charitable uh, activities um, that they can become part of. Um, so I, I think, you know, I view it as more of an opportunity to grow and expand philanthropic opportunities for philanthropists than necessarily saying, well, the 1% shouldn't get this or, you know, woe is the 99%. I think it it is um, today, it is the timing. Um, I think that if we're 10 years from now and we look back on this and we see that 14% is, is less, uh, 14% is not expanded, that we're not looking at maybe 25% of, uh, of the, the philanthropic support in the U.S. Uh, going to that 99% that there, that the, there is not, in fact, uh, democratization of philanthropy. I think all of what we have been working for over the last couple of decades um, has to be seen, you know, as not necessarily a failure, but it necessarily does have to ask the question, what has all of this been for? Uh, if, in fact, um, you know, 1% of the charities are still receiving the lion's share, you then have to ask, how much money is being spent to chase after that other 14%? I, I, can I just add to that? I, I, I certainly agree, and I did not mean to in any way imply anything sinister by those larger organizations. However, I would just add two cautionary notes. One is there are some scoundrels and thieves and some sinister actors out there at all scales of organizations, some very large. They may not be large necessarily because they've been so wonderful. Some of them are quite lousy and quite unethical. But again, it's not about the, uh, the size of the organization that determines that. It's the character, I think, of the individuals in leadership. But the, the other thing that I would say is that I, my hope for democratization and my hope for changing the, the whole dynamics of the system is all about meaningful information and that I believe that if there is more meaningful information on the most important benchmark of all, which is the results of the work, if that becomes commonplace, then I think the ability of smaller, mid-sized, innovative organizations to step up and scale up will be much increased. And those that handful of uh, unethical or poor-performing organizations of whatever their size will be uh, will be less likely to uh, prevail because, you know, sunlight as the best disinfectant and meaningful information as the most powerful tool, I think, is our, our real hope for the future to change the system. Well, we certainly, I think there is, um, you know, a need to continue uh, to push for that. I think the uh, amount of information that is available to donors is unprecedented. Um, I think that can also... Uh, come with it, um, it can uh, be confusing. Uh, I think that it can be overwhelming. Um, and I think that's where uh, the importance of solid advisors, solid professionals uh, that can help philanthropists in that process uh, becomes even more uh, important. Yes, and, and I think, uh, the, you know, all the research that GuideStar, Charity Navigator, Hope Consulting, it all indicates that for the vast majority of donors, the key is that it has to be uh, free, easy to understand, easily accessible, and a sort of peeling of an onion. Some people are only going to look at the outer shell, and they're going to trust those advisors um, that everything that's of critical importance is embedded within that. And we need to build uh, our systems accordingly. 
I, I wonder if uh, if you if you feel that um, in the abundance of information and in the the what can seem more complex in in today's world, um, if that is seen as good news for donors, or if uh, in fact uh, donors are concentrating their giving even more because it's uh, seemingly more complicated. I think that uh, you you make an excellent point again, and that uh, I think there's I don't know that there's any uh, c- current compelling evidence. Um, we we have anecdotes, but certainly there's been an explosion of of websites for uh, charitable giving, explosion of websites as intermediaries, if you will, and uh, with that, you know, diversity and uh, there is the value of more information and more viewpoints. Uh, which is can be a wonderful thing, but it, as you say, for the average donor that wants it, uh, you know, that only has a few minutes uh, to to look at this stuff, uh, you know, there is a danger that it, you know, it can lead you to tilt with information overload. And you know, part of Charity Navigator, I think, our success and uh, what we can want to hold on to is this peeling of an onion model, where everything, the results, the governance, the finance, is all embedded into one rating. And we hope that you will click through and look at further information. But if you don't, and you tr- or if you have, and you trust what's behind it, and you understand what's behind it, that uh, you know that it will encapsulate that in a powerful way, but it, and most importantly, in a meaningful way. But it's so, so. But it's a real challenge that you described, Ted, and I, and I I think it will continue to be so. I mean, the 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 barriers to entry for anybody to put up a website are virtually zero. So anybody in their basement can scrub information and put something together, and God help us as to whether or not it's necessarily a good or bad thing. Yeah, and, and and where do you go, and and how do you know that you are standing up? I I just tweeted out, and I don't mean to throw you a, a curveball here, so I'm not going to ask you to to uh, you know, be an instant expert on this. But I I, I tweeted out um, today just uh, sort of reminding people of uh, of a project that you and I worked on uh, several years ago, um, and that is uh, posted on the Charity Navigator uh, website. Uh, is uh, the the e-philanthropy uh, online code for uh, charitable organizations, um, and uh, I either the 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 e-philanthropy code of ethical online practices, um, and we 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 did that together several years ago as all of this was new, but I think it's even more important today for charities to uh, know about the, the Code of Ethical Online Practices that we worked on together uh, several years ago, but also to measure themselves against how transparent are they, how are they treating donors online, and while you, you want to be there to raise money, are you, in fact, during this holiday season, um, viewed by the, the uh, donor community as a reputable online source um, even though you may not feel like you're an expert in that area, I think all charities um, are measured by best standards of the of the internet. Yeah, well, you know, my goal at the end of this is someday to be your seventh pillar. <laughs> online. Yeah, well, I you know I, I I think that you know what what's important is certainly the the resource. I think you know for for a lot of charities. Not being rated, of course, continues to be seen by some donors as uh, a slight, uh, whereas if they understood the model, they would know why the charity 
uh, isn't uh, isn't rated. But I, I think the, the fear of a lot of uh, a lot of charities is that donors don't necessarily get to that level of nuance. Um, and obviously, you know, you're a small organization. There's only so much uh, that you can do. And as as we've made the case very uh, very strongly here, you you are uh, measuring where the money is. Um, but that other 99% of charities that are out there looking at trying to get their piece of 14% of the pie um, don't have that opportunity to be rated by by Charity Navigator. Um, and well, we, we, you know, we, we do we do ra- we do we do rate you know because it's uh, the million dollars is the threshold. We that's clearly okay. within that 14%. But you know we do ha- just one last thing. I, I know your time's running out, but I, I just. You know, one of the things that we are hoping that we can create is a portal for nonprofits where any nonprofit of any size can voluntarily answer our 39 metrics and get an unofficial rating. It doesn't go public, um, uh, and they're given a year where it won't go public at minimum a year. Some it may never go public. And then we also want to offer a prescription, if you will, of corrective actions through the resources we're aware of in the world to help you to improve your practices, your performance in those areas where you may not rate as highly as you, know, as you would have hoped within our system. And it also helps us, quite frankly, for scaling up because it's data entry, free data entry for us, which makes it easier, faster for us to eventually rate more organizations. So that's something we hope to see developed in the coming year or so, so that even more charities can take advantage of what we've learned from all the best practices in the field. Yeah, it's uh, you know data, of course, is uh, is uh, uh, little data and big data um, is uh, is important to manage and to manage well. So I think you know everything that can be done to expand um, the the uh, the availability of that model on Charity Navigator uh, to a broader section of of charities um, helps at least in the theory that that donors can go and find any charity of their choice rather than saying, well, you know, these are the only ones that are rated, so obviously these are the only good charities, uh, which, again, further concentrates um, the, the, the giving at the top. So not a criticism. It, it, it is what it is, and, and there's only so much that you can do. And I think, you know, anyone would look at, you know, where would you start? You've got to start where, where the big money is, um, and that's certainly where, uh, where Charity Navigator is, is, uh, is focused. And so, you know, getting that right and making sure that, that finding the charlatans and the problems within, you know, that, that uh, top 1%, uh, I think is extremely important, and I know that that's, uh, that's a work that you do. Um, we've only got two minutes left, so I want to ask you to wrap up Giving Tuesday, wrap up your message, and make sure that my listeners know how they can reach you. Well, you know, our website is charitynavigator.org, and I also have a personal website, kenscommentary.org, um, and uh, where I talk about some of these issues. Um, and, you know, we are all about trying to do the best we can to drive more money to the best nonprofits out there, and we think we're influencing uh, tens of billions of dollars at this point. We would love to rate every charity in America someday, and it's a, it's a visionary goal for us. But, you know, we are big believers in the charitable sector. We think of ourselves as critical friends in a good way to the sector to help uh, promote the sector and trust in the sector. And we think that in this age of uh, technology, uh, 
sites like ours are going to be all the more important, and we hope that our relationship with all the nonprofits out there is as positive and collaborative as possible. And please reach out to us if you have questions or concerns, if you're rated, as well as if you're not. We really want to be um, a partner in this effort with you. Well, Ken, you uh, have been an important voice of quality uh, in the nonprofit sector. I think it's extremely important that people know what the rating uh, system is, and as you work to uh, democratize that and make it more available, I think that becomes uh, part of the overall solution. Uh, this is Giving Tuesday. We want to thank you for joining us. I remind you that our final live show of the Nonprofit Coach for 2014 is the Case Sprinkle Grace show next week. Tuesday uh, at 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Ken, thank you for joining us, and happy Giving Tuesday. Same to you. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad-friendly podcast at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Coach.